Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And that's not how I do the intro, because it's been a month and a half since we recorded a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's right, it is a little different. Oh well. <laughs> uh, talking Ted with Jess and Logan. Um, uh, I'll, I'll get back in the groove. Um, anyway, we didn't mean to take a month and a half off. <laughs> we did not, but it <sighs> happened. <laughs> yeah, um, it's m- like all my fault (laughs) like all of my fault (laughs) it's okay it's understandable (laughs) moving was way harder than i thought it would be like um i think i might be delusional oh because (laughs) i was just like yeah like i'll just i'll take my stuff up it'll take me like two days to get like settled in and It'll be fine. And like, it's a month later, and I still have boxes of stuff. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That, uh, to be fair, most of it's going back into storage because I was like, oh, I have way too much stuff. (laughs) Like, I don't know what I was thinking. Um, But uh, anyway, so we're back. Uh, Hopefully, no, (laughs) no month long. uh hiatuses uh in the near future uh <laughs> although i'm i'm sure it'll be a little hiccupy because uh your schedule will change and my schedule well my work schedule is not changing but like y- you just got adjusted to summer and now you're about to have to get back adjusted to school <laughs> yep so. i yep i just got adjusted this summer and it's over <laughs> My kids go back to school on Thursday. Well, the older one. The other one that stays in daycare. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's so strange to me. But uh, I think we've talked about that before. Um, Anyway, we're going to talk about the single worst episode of Ted Lasso. (laughs) (laughs) It's not not either one of our favorites, that is for sure. Yeah. it is called Beard After Hours. It's season two, episode nine, uh, which we've talked about this before. This was a tagged on episode because Apple requested a longer season. Yes, which so, is the reason it's a bottle episode. Right. Um, it's why you don't see most of the the cast. You see... Ted at the beginning and the end, you see Roy and uh, Nate at the end. Yeah. You see footage of uh, the players, but not much else. Yeah. Um, it's mostly Beard, a bunch of people we don't know, uh, the hooligans from the pub, and uh, Jamie's dad. Yep. So we're going to spoil the episode. Probably not going to spoil much for future episodes. There's might be one thing about Jamie's dad I want to bring up okay. um, that happens literally in the finale. Um, yeah, I will say having watched the entire series puts this episode into a different light for me. I I agree. I I, I just rewatched it today. I still don't love it. Agreed. But it, it does change. A, a lot of things that I thought initially when I watched it, which that yes. the show has done pretty regularly. Um, yes, the callbacks, the layers that the show does. We talk about this all the time, but it's pretty amazing. So it just, the, I don't want to go beat by beat <laughs> through this episode. The plot is Good. Beard is upset. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> um uh well actually before we get into that I, uh, since it's been so long and i've forgotten how i do this show or how we do this show um the question i was gonna say I, you don't have a question i do i it i this is maybe the most i've ever struggled i was like there is no there's like this stupid existential like are we in the matrix funny <laughs> discussion they have which yeah I recently had that discussion with with a couple of friends about how, like, the AI that we're currently, like, as a society creating, like, how weird would it be if we're living in the Matrix and then we created the Matrix in the Matrix? (laughs) 
Like, <laughs> we're so profoundly fucked up. <laughs> That's hilarious. I kind of love that. Um, but I was like, wait, wait, wait. No. A huge chunk of this episode is dependent upon Beard and a couple of other people pretending to be somebody that they are not. Have right. you ever done that? Not really to that extent uh, that that they that they go. I've never, you know, tried to can I go like to be like literal about it, you know, like pretend to be, I don't know, more posh than I am to get into some like super exclusive club, like literally not ever something I've done. But I mean, like. I feel like to a certain extent, I mean, we get real existential of this if you want. <laughs> it's like <laughs> we all wear like, masks. And, exactly. You know, it's like I'm, I kinda, I'm not, I, who I am at work is not who I am at all. <laughs> ex- exactly. It's like I kind of feel like I do a little bit of this every day, depending, you know, depending on who I'm around. And I mean, you can debate like who really gets to see the real me. Does anyone get to see the real me? But we're not going to have an existential crisis and a breakdown on this podcast tonight. <laughs> so not I was, for this episode. <laughs> No, not for this episode. So, uh, I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm trying to think. Um, like, in college, I, I mean. Oh, like, even, like, a fake ID or something? I, mean, I was always afraid of getting caught. So, no, I never did, like, the whole, like, fake ID thing. Because <laughs> I, was, I legit didn't want to get arrested. Um, but, uh, like, in I think it was in grad school. Um, there, there is like, ironically, a, uh, a British guy who is in the same department as me and we hung out fairly frequently. And so I don't know for like better, for worse, I, sometimes if I was around him and only him, I guess I would put on like a fake British accent, but like, didn't realize what I was doing. So that's like, kind of like me pretending to be someone I'm not, but it was more kind of just like blending in. They're like, Oh, where are you from? And I'm like, Georgia. And they're like, Georgia, like, Georgia like in the you know like Africa or like wherever that Georgia is I was like no like Atlanta Georgia they're like oh you have an interesting accent and I'm like what accent <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was that was pretty much it um very boring I, I was a twin so yeah <laughs> I definitely pretended to be somebody else but to be fair he looked just like me so <laughs> yeah you guys didn't have to make too much of a too much of a stretch there no, uh, we did get uh, in hot water with our mom one time because for school, for I, I want to say it was Halloween, we decided to dress exactly alike and uh, we only had one pair of jeans each. One of us had a rip, like ripped, like the knee was ripped up. And so I forget if it was me or him. We decided to cut up the other pair of jeans to make <laughs> Match. And she got really pissed about that. Uh, but uh, yeah, other than that, like I've never really, I don't know. I'm not good at pretending in that way. Like I can pretend to like people I don't like and like be okay in situations that I'm not really okay in. But uh, yeah. I can't really pretend to be like put on airs and act like that you know i i'm more like the hooligans <laughs> or like uh, how's that for trigonometry and these guys are like what <laughs> that's not trigonometry man that's yeah. it's just counting money <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um but yeah i get that um so the episode is basically beard is upset because of their catastrophic loss uh, decides he's going to go shake it off, goes back to his flat, uh, decides that's not what he wants. Uh, we find out he and Jane have broken up, but they're still doing that makeup, breakup, texting, I love you, but this isn't working thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he decides he's going to go drink. Uh, he gets wasted. Sneaks into a club, meets a lady in a red dress, tears his pants, goes back to her house, like, gets into this whole, like, uh, I I love this woman. She's all I think about. Am I in love or do I have a problem? Uh, Her boyfriend, husband, somebody comes home, gets jealous, chases him, 
He runs into Jamie's dad, gets his ass kicked. The the husband boyfriend r- dude rescues him. Uh, he goes home, breaks his key off and his lock. Miraculously stumbles. This whole episode is like just coincidences. Um, stumbles into the place where Jane is, this club, and they dance. And then he shows up uh, with coffee the next morning. And that's the episode. <laughs> yep. Um, there's a lot more to it there, but I, I didn't want to. I, I just, I don't know. I didn't, even rewatching it now, I didn't feel like there's anything more to the scenes than what we're getting. No, I don't think so either. No, I don't, I agree. I don't think there's like a deeper meaning to any of the scenes. But I think what we have now, having seen the whole series, is the benefit of hindsight. And it makes a, a lot more of this random coincidental stumbling crazy night make a little bit more sense yeah uh i mean reveals about him in particular and him and i mean him and jane i won't say details but i mean it does we give get into that um i will say that if this were just a like a movie that I watch. Like if this were just about this guy having this weird, crazy night, I probably would really enjoy it. Yeah. it's a good point. Uh, like if you add 30 minutes to the plot of this kind of given some background info and it's just a whole different, like it's a great, like weird indie nineties kind of movie. Yeah, it is. It's, it's like the literal Plotline. I mean, without the details, but of many movies that we've seen, Eurotrip. Um, have you ever seen Go? Yeah. Uh, no, I've not seen that one. Uh, yeah, there's this movie that came out in the '90s called Go that is like that kind of thing. This weird, like, series of coincidences with these people. It's kind of like Tarantino, except okay. without like the u- uber violence. It's more just like drugs and partying. Yeah. I mean, even Don Darko, to an extent, is yeah, it's the same thing except a very different ending. But yeah, because uh, it, it like it's well made, it's well acted. It's just it feels so out of sorts, and we now know why. Yeah. Uh, that I, like it was so hard for it. It's hard for me to get into it at all because it just comes right after this devastating painful emotional episode and especially if you're binge watching it because you binge watched it right oh I did I yeah I did I like when I had gotten to this point it was like a literal what the hell was that (laughs) like (laughs) moment like what just happened for the last hour because I think it's like isn't it the first one that's like an hour long or close yeah it's pretty it's pretty long for an episode that doesn't have anything to do with most of the characters that we love yeah, uh, no my i mean my i was like what in the hell was that was my, like my literal reaction i was like i think i need to go to the next one just because i what what happened with the last 45 minutes yeah. to an hour of my life what it's it's you know season two was not a lot of people's favorite and there have been a lot of haters for season three but um yeah, for all of the negativity about season two, and I'll just say going forward, we're full on spoilers for anything else that happens in Ted Lasso. For all the negativity about Nate's evil turn and uh, all of that, this was the episode in season two that, like, I was so shocked people weren't like, what the hell, man? Yeah, no, I mean, even, um, especially, I mean, especially on a rewatch, but I mean, everything with Nate and because I binge watched it, I think like I was like, just like kind of like going through it. I didn't pick up on the subtleties and I don't know if that's a symptom of binging or just a symptom of first run through. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Like, I don't know how it ends. So I don't know the signs to look for. Um, and so like, I, I feel like a lot of stuff like that 
changes once you get all the way through it. And this episode, to an extent, once you get through the entire series, I feel like does change because everything, I mean, with him and Jane, there's actually a point to it. I mean, like you kind of understand that's them, you know, kind of like finding their way back to one another, Uh, you know, it's like the whole star-crossed lovers kind of kind of vibe going on and then all the stuff with jamie's dad i mean you get just a little bit more insight into that especially with how that all ends up turning out in the very end so um that was kind of that was kind of like a wild turn i'm not sure i've even like fully processed that because i've only still only watched season three the one time yeah so at the end of season three we we don't get a lot of jamie's dad but we do like get this whole like thing of finding out that he's uh at a rehab facility yeah um or detox clinic or or whatever it might be called um but he's getting help for his his alcoholism and his behavior and um like that reframes everything that happens here like Mm -hmm. so much um because you know, I don't know. He's still a jerk, and, and it, it's still like, yeah, I hate that guy. But rewatching it this time, when he runs into, when Beard runs into them in the alley, it's kind of like, well, yeah, they're they're gonna beat his ass. Like there, there's no, you know, they're drunk, they're high on the wind. He's embarrassed because. He got thrown out of, you know, the locker room in front of his son. And, um, but, uh, yeah, like, was this the turnaround moment, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because we don't, I don't think we have anything in between here and then, do we? It I was don't kind of so. Just, it was kind of just like a button on the series of trying to like tie that storyline up of, oh yeah, what about, you know, Jamie's dad? Cause it, because even though his dad isn't present, that becomes such a huge focal point for him and throughout all of season three. Yeah. Uh, to the point where like he's towards the end of season three, he is trying to get in touch with his dad and cannot. And it, it's upsetting to him. He's like, you know, I don't really want him in my life, but at some point he would have shown his face by now and, you know, tried to intervene in some way because of the success that he's having. And so when you know that behavior from people like, oh, yeah, they don't want me when I'm down on my luck. But the minute I'm everything's going great, they're like, hey, you know, how you doing? And. Mm -hmm. Jamie knows that about his dad and he's just disappeared. Um, and so, yeah, going back and rewatching it, yeah, it really puts that into perspective. Uh, and also beard, like <clears throat> we knew beard was strange and like had all these like weird proclivities and just knowledge about all kinds of crazy stuff. But we get that uh, just one conversation between him and nate in season three when Mm -hmm. he confronts nate about his own past oh my gosh that also like now re-watching this episode kind of reframes what beard is doing yep and it it makes the beginning of the episode actually make sense Mm -hmm. with everything that like the conversation between him and ted because i was like this seems out of place like yep. why like it felt very it when ted like when i first saw it it felt very much to me like ted was like mother hen and that felt odd because up until then you didn't fully get the impression that that was their relationship yep. you know what i mean and now we know why we finally get the reveal of why and i'm like oh wow this whole conversation makes total sense he's he's telling him not to lose himself yeah so, uh, yeah, th- just th- having that in his past is, uh, yeah, it, it it makes it make so much more sense. It makes his reaction to Ted make sense. 
his reaction to the game because like we've seen Ted have his breakdowns beard has always been more or less like, yes, his moments, like when he's losing it on the field, because things are not happening the way they want him to, but not like carrying that, you know, he has seemed to be able to just let it go and move on. So, so what's the reason for that? Like why this game, aside from the fact that it's the final match, is that simply it? It's like the final match. It's like the end of the end. Like why this game, like to have such a strong reaction or is it just the combination of all of the things, including his breakup with Jane? I, I, it's proper. I would say com- a combination because so much of this hinges on Jane anyway. Um, but like that, that big of a stage, because up until this point, that's the biggest game they played, right? Uh, yeah, yes, because they're um, in season one, they're now, only now. playing to not get relegated, they're not playing in any kind of semifinal championship anything. Yeah, I know. And so now you have to kind of like remind me of like where we've come. So we are we are we still in the Champions League or are we unrelegated back into the Premier League? Now I just can't remember. They are they are they have been relegated. They haven't been they at the end of season two is when they work their way back. Right. And so but does this loss. Why does this loss matter now? I just. It's it's that weird like uh, what does Ted call it? It's the middle of the season and then they do this weird like March Madness tournament thing. Oh, they're yes, they're in the tournament. Okay, and it's just the so it's just kind of like the they were doing so well, and then it's the rematch between them and Man City, and it's that they can show that they're 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 worth their salt. You know, like they're playing at at Wembley. Yeah, and they that they've made this comeback and they're just they're just gonna the idea for them is that they're just gonna redeem themselves by hammering Man City into the ground on their own turf and then that doesn't happen. Okay, okay, I get it. I'm back. I'm back now. Thank you. Um in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um so I think just like losing on that big of a stage coupled with his personal crisis and uh, he just found out all that info about Ted, which I'm sure, you know, that's his best friend. So oh, right. I'm sure he's internalizing some of it. You know, how is my friend going through all this? And like, I didn't know. Or how did I play into that? Yeah. Um. So. So, yeah, it, it very much just, uh, you know. Uh, you know, Ted does like he says, don't don't lose yourself. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So, I mean, this is more of like a stylistic thing, but I want to bring it up so that I don't forget. Um, Because the way that they do it, especially with like the song of Man City song, that is their song, the the blue moon. And they have like the big giant moon gets featured prominently throughout the episode. I I was going to bring that up. (laughs) Yeah, I just love that stylistically. I thought that was cool. I think it's great. I also think it's the most obvious special effect the ever? show ever had. <laughs> like, On any show. So the moon, like, literally <laughs> does not look like that. And that's why, like, part of me was like, I, I don't know. I was like, w- when I first saw this episode, I was like, was that a dream sequence? Like, did this legit happen? Because I'm, I could see just, like, kind of, like, they cut to the moon, and then they cut back, and then the whole rest of the thing plays out. And then, and then it, but then it does end with him in the pants. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess that wasn't a dream sequence, but like, it felt very much like that might be what they were trying to clue into. But I, I definitely don't think that's the case. I think they were, I don't know, was it just once in a blue moon kind of episode? Like, is that was like, what's of the meaning that we were supposed to take away from that? Other than just like, it looked neat. Agree. Uh, Very obviously fake, but (laughs) it did look cool. Um, and the, the acoustic theme that opens the, it's yeah. the only episode with a, a change where they change the theme. They change the theme. Yeah. And there's no intro. Yeah. We don't get like, the, we just get him writing the, the, uh, what do they call it? The tube. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Yeah. There's there's no usual usual intro that we get with the the normal theme song. Yeah. It, it's uh, so immediately like from the jump, it's offsetting, like just off putting. Where it's like this is none of. I mean, I guess that should have been the clue. <laughs> the first time you watched it or and i watched it would have been like oh there's no regular intro there's there's not the the seats there's not the poppy theme there's not it's it's this is not going to be a regular even close to typical episode i know but because i binged it i may not have necessarily picked up on that yeah i didn't just I didn't just like sit down one night, like when the episode came out and said, this is the episode I'm going to watch. I think I had watched a couple before and then I'm pretty sure I watched another one afterwards. It was one of those nights I went to bed at like 2 a.m. because I'm like, must watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Probably texting you the whole time. Um, so uh, there is a lot of humor in this episode. Mm-hmm. Most of it, I like I do laugh. Which is, it's weird to say in an episode where I'm just like, this is the worst episode of the show. (laughs) (laughs) No, I agree. It does have its humorous bits, for sure. Um, I I really like the stuff with the the boys in the bar. I do too. Uh, All of that is so fun to me. Honestly, this episode doesn't really lose me until he follows the red dress lady to the yes. back of Bones and Honey and then sees the TVs and like rips his then like at that point is when I start to just be out of the episode. It yeah, I agree. That's the point where it starts to lose you because it gets like really out there in my opinion. And that's where I start to question I'm like I, I even on a second and third watch, I'm like, I don't I don't understand like what any of this has to do with it anything other than him processing the stuff with Jane that's all I can think of yeah if we had seen him take like mushrooms before he left this house the first time then I'd be like oh okay like this is kind of just trippy his point of view like it's happening but maybe not exactly like this but like yeah it's it's (laughs) all so strange (laughs) I was I'm not gonna lie throughout the apartment I was looking for hints of tea but it was all beer bottles, I believe. Oh. Because um, of the follow-up episode that we yeah. get when... Yeah. Oh, no, that no, that's the episode before this. No, 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 no. I'm talking about it in season three, when we get the reverse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just like, he admitted it's all about it. triangles. Yeah. Oh, uh, he when he admitted in the previous episode that he was uh, uh, high... <laughs> <laughs> and yes. during one of the matches. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, also that, but not the specific moment I was thinking of. Because there is a moment where we do specifically get to see a AT being brewed. Yep. <laughs> and so I, I was looking for hints of that in this episode. And I because it would have made the whole thing make a lot more sense, but I I didn't notice it, or at least I don't recall that I noticed it. It has been a hot minute since I rewatched, but I'm trying to think of a moment like a like my favorite like funny little bit um i do like it it towards the beginning at the at the bar when he's he's talking to the boys and um wait no 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 yeah the the share bit yeah that is at the beginning where they're talking about bones and honey and they're like they wouldn't even let share in and that dude starts singing can you believe they do that <laughs> that makes me laugh um uh the there's a joke um that I, I think it's when he's hallucinating the announcers or it's before he's hallucinating them it's when he's in his apartment and they're talking about uh the curb stomping that that richmond got and uh-huh. one of them says it's like that uh, Edward Norton, Edward Norton the other one goes Moonrise Kingdom and he goes yeah I think it's that one <laughs> that makes oh. me laugh because Moonrise Kingdom is so innocuous it's like there's nothing violent in that movie <laughs> I have never seen Moonrise Kingdom but I will never forget that scene from American History X yeah I have seen that movie once I will probably never see it again I cannot 
forget that scene. It is Moon, Moonrise Kingdom is a Wes Anderson movie, so I can I can vouch uh, that you've never seen it. <laughs> yeah, because you you do not like him. <laughs> no, no, I do not. <laughs> um, and I mean his his talk with the the big dude who saves him, like I like that bit. You know, when he's like, yeah, I used to, I'm, I'm paranoid because I used to be a cheater and I get really jealous and she's my world. And like, like I mean, it wasn't funny, but it was kind of sweet and cute. Yeah, no, I agree. That was a nice moment. Um, I like, yeah, that at the, in the end, you find out that he only continues to chase him so he can return his keys. Yeah. That was the thing, the keys, the damn keys. Yeah, he kept oh. losing his keys. Were we supposed to clue into something on that? Like, it just felt so prominent. And they kept, like, bringing it back. It's like, oh, look, your keys. Oh, look, your keys. Oh, look, your keys. And I'm like, am I supposed to be reading something into this? Because I am totally not getting it. I think it's to set up a, a an expectation that when he gets back to his place after the limo ride, um, that he's not going to have his keys. You're like, oh, he kept dropping his keys. He's not going to uh, have keys but then he does have them so then the funny part is that he breaks the key off in the lock yeah that was pretty funny though it made me chuckle um i felt so yeah like we've all had those days (laughs) yes yes that's true it's just like one thing after the next after the next um but as far as funny bits go, I did actually, I mean, it's terrible. It's awful. But I like the scene when they kind of like do the whole like back and forth of of how they get into Bones and Honey and like him going in, like talking to the chick and like they they do the whole thing. And then he comes back out and he's like, oh, yeah, her name is blah, blah, blah. And then, and then at, the, at the end, he's like, do you think she's going to be upset that, you know, we told her her flat was burning down? And he's like, no, it's going to be the best day of her life. Yeah. See, and that, that going back to what we were talking about earlier, when I first watched the episode, even though I'm like, ah, this is weird, nobody's in it, but like, if it's gonna be like them having this crazy night together, mm-hmm. I was in. Mm-hmm. Once it's not with the the boys from the pub, I like I'm out. I, like when he yeah. reunites with them later, I was way more interested in like what happened with them. I know. I was disappointed that they broke paths, too. That's why I was like, am I missing something? Am I supposed to be understanding, like, this greater mystery or picture? Or is he just high? Like, I don't, I I don't know. I think this is why I don't like this episode, is it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It just doesn't. Um, like I said, if this were a 90-minute movie about a guy having a night out, like we've seen so many times, I, I would be like, yeah, that that was fun and interesting and well-made. And But it's about, it, it's a sh- an episode from a show we love about nothing, almost none of it do we care about. And almost none of it has any bearing on anything going forward. And I mean, right, I guess rightfully so, because it was filmed after the fact, um, you know. True. And, it, you know, would have made it harder to, to, you know, shoehorn stuff in there. So. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think they necessarily needed to, like, shoehorn it in there, but I, some of it just got too out there for me to understand even just, like, the relevance to the character not even of the season or of the series, but like, why do we need to go on this journey with him? Because I, I just don't feel like we are learning that much about him. With I agree. Like the interaction with the lady with the red dress, like him tearing his pants and like that whole bit. I'm like, I getting the shit beat out of him by Jamie's dad. While it, it made it that at least made sense like from a story standpoint because of the way that he kicked him out of the locker room and all of that but it just didn't really it wasn't really like value add like it did not add to the story it did not add to the character he just got what was coming to him i guess although that's not how i would see it i would think yeah. what he did to jamie's dad was jamie's dad getting what was coming to him and i didn't need to see that retaliation but we got it anyway i guess um yeah it it's one it's also one of those things that 
um, while I do get it, it does rob us of the mystery of Beard. Yeah. Because that's way more interesting. Um, This is going to be a weird comparison, but... Uh, as a like avid comic book reader, but especially as a kid, like the character of Wolverine was so mysterious. Like he had so many backstories. Some were, some of this was real. Some of it was legend made up. Some of it was false memories. So like th- you just never knew where he came from and, or what his real story was. And that was so interesting. Like as a kid, it was. But um, sometime in the 2000s, Marvel decided we're going to give him a definitive origin story. Mm. And like I did read that and it made the character so less interesting to know exact like factual history rather than just be able to have this like mythology and like what is real? What did what have people embellish? What and Beard has kind of been like that. Like, what the hell does this dude get up to? Like, we hear about, like, his and Jane stuff. And, but we only hear about it, like, briefly and through his, like, very short, like, yeah, Jane and I did XYZ last night. Or we got into an argument about this. or And we don't see it. And it just, like, builds on that mystery. And seeing him be this like weird eccentric person kind of just robs us of the fun of like in season three, when he shows up on the bus and the like, uh, what is it? Is this like a pig pig outfit or whatever? Yes. Something to do with a a band of some kind because he speaks, he speaks Dutch, but he doesn't want you to know, which makes me laugh. Um, like that's funny. And you don't need this episode for things like that to be funny. You know, you can just be like, oh, yeah, when when Beard's on his own, man, like crazy shit happens. And we just see like it's way better if in the next episode he's just like beaten up and has on like this crazy pair of pants. And you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Yeah. So now. okay, I mean, that's a good point. I can see it from both sides now. Like. I agree, especially in that episode. That's the Amsterdam episode, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, I, I like that that part is left completely to the imagination because I think leaving Beard eccentric and mysterious and letting us make up what might have happened is way more interesting than anything they could possibly write, as I think this episode illustrates. But also, without this episode, I don't think we would creatively make up as crazy of a story or as nonsensical of a story maybe as we could without knowing some of the random ass shit that he does. Yeah. Yeah. Or that happens to him, depending on how you want to look at that. So. Yeah, I can see that. So. Yeah. uh, It's not redeemed, but uh, it's still going to be the episode that I skip. And when I start, yeah, yeah, when I start my rewatches, um, so, uh, I want to ask you non Ted Lasso stuff. Sure. Uh, the, uh, the strike and uh, like all of this stuff. God. Yeah. I mean, but... are, are you like I wish they'd get this resolved and we so we can get our TV and movies and whatnot. Or are you just like, I don't like but hold out until they get what they want? I mean, I come I mean, I want it to be resolved, of course, because the longer that it goes on, I mean, the worse it is for the industry and it makes it harder for industries to recover uh, the longer that there's something like this that happens. I mean, we all remember it was 2008, 2009, the writer's strike that killed several shows. I mean, yep. one in particular and one in particular that I was very invested in that it absolutely kind of derailed was heroes. Um, yeah, I'm sure there were many destroyed that show. I mean, absolutely destroyed it. Season two wasn't off to a great start, but like it, it just, it, yeah, it ruined that. It 
damn near wrecked Lost. Yep, Lost um, was another one. There, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff on, and so at this, like at this point, so like it didn't happen mid-season for a lot of stuff. At least not that I'm watching. A, a lot of stuff that I'm watching has has either was already either in production or like like post-production and ready to be um, finished and released, or it hadn't yet started. So. I kind of like I, I want it to be resolved because the longer it goes unresolved, the longer the gap is until we get like new content coming out. And granted, there's like a million different things that we can all go and watch. But like at the same time, if this goes on for like two years, it's going to completely wreck the industry. Oh. But I also like, you know, I don't think that they should be taking advantage of the people that are allowing these big giant companies to make millions upon billions of dollars on like their backs and their shoulders i think the writers in particular i want to see them 100 percent taken care of i think the actors are in a from my limited knowledge of the industry i feel like the actors are in a better space just because i feel like actors get paid better than writers but maybe i'm maybe i'm wrong so. i i think it's uh for the actors i think it is more about the the not the, the like day players not the extras um but the, the people that get like those very minor limited speaking roles mm. um or even uh, uh the bigger actors i don't have you been uh seeing the i i've completely abandoned twitter because uh, fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> I'm so sick of it. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Uh, um, but uh I I've read some articles, you know, that that highlight people tweeting or, or sharing their residual checks. And like that's baffling to me. Like writers and actors, you know, getting like such minuscule amounts and a lot of times they do those things so that they can get like a little like if it's a network show or a streaming show what well, not streaming because that's the problem but like those like a law and order episode like you wouldn't get paid a lot to do a law and order episode but there are a lot of high profile guest stars that law and order has had mm-hmm. but they don't pay you anything to come be on the show, really. But what you do get is every time that episode airs in syndication, you get a few dollars. Yeah. You know, and that doesn't happen with streaming, mainly because there's no advertising dollars in streaming, which is also part of the problem. And like, it's so funny. We were so like, we got to kill uh network television like cable companies have got to die and now we're literally in the same position and it's costing us so much to stream everything and the people that were that are entertaining us now are making less money the big stars are still making their money but you know these um what, what is her name uh the call me cat on hulu the the lady from big bang theory uh blossom i can't oh, uh, my ambialic yeah like i'm sure she was not getting anything remotely close to what she was getting on big bang theory doing that show, you know because oh, no, sure network tv is dead <laughs> so yeah yeah i know and it's such it's a, I mean, I don't know, it, growing pains is not the right word, but it's because like we're in between systems, you know what I mean? Like the legacy systems and processes and rules that worked when it was network TV running the game don't work anymore now that so many things have gone to streaming. And I think now we're finally at the point where all of the downstream effects are being felt Mm-hmm. And so now they're trying now they're starting to do something about it. And yeah, I mean, it is it's a bit of a broken system because they're trying to take old rules that can't apply to the new system. Um, and someone's, you know, finally calling them on it because the people that are feeling it are not the 
top network execs. They're not the big actors. They're not the big name players. It's like you said, the little, the littler people. Yeah. Um, but writers. without those people, you don't have, and the writers, yeah, like they're, you don't have the creative. You don't have the ability to make a show. So, I mean, you have to have all of those roles. Like you can't just get by with like two big name actors. You can't have a show based around that. Like you need a crew, you need a writer, you need, need all sorts of stuff to, to get all that done. So. And I mean, they're they're trying to ensure that, that that is exactly what you do still need. And that the AI, it's so weird because I saw Oppenheimer yesterday and it's not about this, but it kind of is about this where this guy like start like he wants to do something and but he he cannot fathom the uh, the long-term effects it's going to have and the further along he gets the more he realizes like this this was bad (laughs) like uh, you know for all the good it 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 may have been for it like it just it opened this this box that we now can't close (laughs) and we are still feeling the effects of it today yeah um yeah no i mean and i if i recall correctly that decision ate him alive for the rest of his life yeah it's a great movie i really Uh, really really want to see it i'm like obsessed with like that era of history and the manhattan project and like all that sort of stuff. I mean, because I, I have a degree in physics, and so it's like that was like the crux of everything, um, like kind of like coming to a head. So I just, yeah, I really want to see it. I haven't seen it yet though. There's this. Uh, do you care if I tell you anything about it? No, it's okay. I mean, uh, I know historically what happens. So yeah. there's this really great moment. Of course, I'm sure it's not like word for word historically accurate, but. There's this really great moment between uh, Oppenheimer and uh, um, Albert Einstein mm. where they're like, you see it in the trailer. He's like walking towards him and Einstein's like looking out at this lake and they're talking and Einstein is telling him the story about, uh, do you remember when you, you presented me with this award and, you know, you you all thought I was like, done washed up that like you had all moved past me and i i know that's what you think um and you know i'm just this like doddering old man who just takes walks and looks at the water all day but like you're going to come to realize that like it's it's what you like you gave them the power to destroy themselves and you're going to have to reconcile that and like when when this moment comes for you when they're handing you all the awards and telling you about what great achievement you've you've done at the towards the end of your life all you're going to be able to think about is that you probably shouldn't have opened that box i mean that's not word for word but um it's such a great moment. Oh, it is. And there, um, there was a TV show called Manhattan about the Manhattan Project. Um, it was, it was really good. It was short lived. It got three seasons on WGN, which I don't even think wow. exists anymore. Yeah, but it was really good. And you know, that was where I was first introduced to my favorite Lois Lane, uh, Mrs. Maisel. <laughs> she, she was in, she was in that show. Um, a lot, along with a lot of unknown actors, but God, was that show absolutely phenomenal. All centered, obviously, around the Manhattan Project. It's just so good. Um, it kind of ends on, a, like, a slight cliffhanger. Like, you get sort of closure, but they got, I mean, they got canceled because I think the network got completely killed. But it was, it was really, it was really a good show. And again, all about the Manhattan Project. It's just a really fascinating time period and i think they're doing a lot more with it now because i think a lot more things have become declassified from that era and so we just have more information than i think we ever used to yeah um i was worried about the movie because like i do mostly like christopher nolan but he has a lot of like self-indulgent like tendencies 
like very showy, like look at me and my crazy sound design that's giving you anxiety. And I was like, I don't know if I can sit through this movie, man, because like it's already a subject that makes me anxious as hell. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, it, it's it's re- like I walked out just going like and unless a Dune 2 like actually does get released this year and is as phenomenal as like everybody seems to think it's going to be. Even then, I, I probably just saw everything that's going to sweep the Oscars. Like, yeah. best movie, best director, act, actor, yes. I don't even know where you go in supporting actor for this movie because everybody is in it. I mean, I think Matt Damon's the obvious choice, but <laughs> there's so many other people that get almost as much screen time and are absolutely supporting roles um interesting it is rami malik is in it oh i did not know that Ooh, that's um yeah um so uh, i don't remember the character's name i have to look it up um i'll i'll go i'm gonna go i'll go and see it at at some point my husband and i both want to see it we just have to get someone to watch our kids <laughs> if if you can i don't how close do you live to the mall of georgia not cl- not not so far I, far enough that it's inconvenient i'll put it that way all right um i, I so downtown chattanooga the aquarium has a for real imax like the mall of georgia oh yeah we and, have around us we have like faux IMAX like yeah it's IMAX but it's not like <clears throat> I've gone I've been to that theater at the Mall of Georgia and it is pretty incredible seeing it in a real IMAX theater is very very impressive um I was glad I got to see it that way if it's super inconvenient then uh, of course living in Atlanta it I, I don't yeah. know it's going to be worth it <laughs> but um, in yeah but I mean we live <clears throat> We live on the complete opposite side of 20. Right. Like, it's over by 85, where, I mean, take 20 all the way west until you hit 400, and th- that's where we are. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if it'd be worth uh, that effort. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it was pretty impressive. Also, so Barbie, and uh, Barbie's okay. great. <laughs> it's great. It's I just fantastic. <laughs> My husband uh, like kind of wants to see it because it's got Margot Robbie in it, but then he is also not um he's not super big into the movies that are very like down with the patriarchy, like men suck <laughs> kind of vibe. It's not, it, it's, it's not that though. Like I That's get why some people think I want to go see it. It is um, there's this whole, I mean, semi-spoilers for Barbie, but not really. There's this whole subplot about Ken and the patriarchy, but yes, that's what he's talking about. it, it very much goes like, Hey, uh, FYI people, men are victims of the patriarchy too. Hmm. Like, okay. and it, it's so interesting and so unique, <laughs> like Margot Robbie is great, and like the the actual Barbie stuff is good, but the subtle it's also a Ken movie too. Fucking <laughs> floored me. I was so blown away and impressed by what she was able to do with that whole subplot. Like I want to go see it again. Interesting. I've seen I've seen a lot of people. I saw someone at that, that uh, I'm friends with on Facebook, and. Uh, he posted something about like it's Barbenheimer weekend or something. And yep. he had like all these like art, like he had seen both movies. He, he's like, that's his thing. He goes to those movies. He like kind of critiques them or whatever. And uh, he had like all of this like mashup art. I don't know if he created it. It was or if a he, like, huge thing online. It became this like. Was it? Like, okay. Yes. Like this in a matter of weeks, this accidental, like they could not have planned that marketing to be as uh impactful as it was because everybody i know was talking about it like oh it's barbenheimer like it it was insane um and it's funny because 
it's great. People went to the movies. They both made a lot more money than anybody thought they were going to make. But Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout, or not Fallout, uh, whatever the new Mission Impossible is yeah. called, uh, part one of whatever, had just come out the week before. And I feel like that that was the ultimate victim in the, like, who's going to win in the Barbenheimer thing? It's like, well, we know who lost, Mission Impossible, because <laughs> that movie, the drop-off from week one to week two was like, oh, shit, sorry, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Oh my god, that's that's kind of amazing though. That that I I approve. I approve that. <laughs> um, I saw that movie too. It was a lot of fun, but it, it more in a like this. The plot of that movie is actually about artificial intelligence and like how dangerous it is. But it's so haphazardly and stupidly done that it's just like I don't think they understand the AI. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun to watch them like do all the crazy stuff so it's more like watching like a fast and the furious movie um yeah you don't go to that for the plot <laughs> no i i'm excited if you i hope you do get a chance to see oppenheimer in the theater but i mean the way things are going like it, it'll probably be streaming in a month so i know well yeah i don't know we'll, we'll try to try to sort it out Oh, I really, I really do want to see that. That was, that was very, very high on my list. I, I would be interested to hear your uh, opinion. Um, he, I've, I've seen his grandson is unhappy with some of the, the things. Specifically, there's a, a scene where he does something a little uh, out of character, and which is weird because, like, it's so weird to watch them play this to show this guy as like like a noble and honorable dude but also he slept with a lot of women <laughs> like that was his thing <laughs> like you know he loved his wife but also he he still slept with other people like there's a moment in the movie where you find out about an affair he was having that never got brought up and he's just like oh yeah that happened <laughs> like what <laughs> oh my gosh um, but like, it's so not like integral to the plot that they just play it off. Um, but, it, uh, Killian Murphy, I think that's how you say his name, um, is unbelievably great. Like I, that dude's always been good yeah. and I'm glad he's finally, hopefully going to get like the biggest recognition of his career. Um, because like even going back to like 28 days later, like I don't think enough people remember how great that movie is. I've never seen that movie. Uh, it's, it's a scary zombie movie, but it, it's super, it's so damn good. <laughs> um, anyway, so didn't mean to turn this into a, uh, what I've been watching. Uh, <laughs> discussion. Tangent accomplished. Sorry. Um, okay. Uh, well, we'll be back, uh, soon. Let's say soon. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, talking about the next episode of Ted Lasso, which we'll actually have to do with the characters that we know and love all of them. So, and if I, I recall, I think this is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. It's a pretty Ooh. great episode. Um, I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, you can hear everything else I'm talking about over on xwingfiles.com. Go rate and review this podcast. And uh, Jess has stuff coming up on her podcast. I'll let her plug that. Yeah, I do. So you can find me over on Tomorrow's Legends. We are going to embark on a Legends of Tomorrow Season 3 rewatch because we've already done Seasons 1 and 2 in years past. So those are all in the feed if... Uh, you want to catch up again but yeah so that's why season three we actually got that question today of why are you starting with season three it's like well we're not really but it's just been a while <laughs> you're just a new listener um yeah, or no. newer listener i know except he's not which is what was really funny but anyways he's oh. like a very good friend of ours <laughs> oh <laughs> but that's, and that's what was kind of funny about uh, it but anyway great. yes no, 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 no. It's totally fine. Uh, so we're we're gonna be starting that at the end of August. Um, just I think I think we're gonna record 
the weekend before Labor Day because I'm completely out of pocket all of Labor Day weekend. Yeah, you're going to Dragon Con, right? Dragon Con, yes. So if anybody listens to this and you go to Dragon Con, you can find me volunteering with the X-Track over in the Cortland Grand. No longer the Sheraton. Very confusing. But that's where the X-Track is located. So that's where I'll be spending most of my time. Do you, I meant to ask you this when we were talking about the strike. Do you know if the strike will affect appearances at Dragon Con? It did at Comic Con. Yes, it will. So the reason it affected things at Comic Con more than it will at Dragon Con is because Comic Con appearances are contractually obligated, and it's Comic Con is very corporate. Dragon right. Con is not. Dragon Con is um, it is fan led. I do believe we compensate the guests, which is what we call like the actors that come in and speak on the panels, but they are not contractually obligated to come to Dragon Con. It is completely their choice. Um, many actors come year after year after year because they love the community and they love the fans and they love the energy. Dragon Con is incredibly unique. So if you've never been there, I would highly re- recommend looking into it if you like stuff like that. Um, but what it, how it will affect them is if actors come that are appearing in what I believe is being termed as struck work, they may not speak about it and you may not ask a question about it. So those of us that are volunteering and wrangling guests and wrangling those guest panels have to vet questions ahead of time. Um, it's probably going to it's going to be probably more of a pain for us than it will be for anyone else to be perfectly right. honest. Because yeah. you're not going to be allowed to ask a question that pertains to work that is considered on strike or struck. Yeah. However. And you don't you don't want somebody to ask that question and then have to deal with the fact that like now this person that they're excited to see has to look at them and go, "Yeah, I I can't talk about that." Like, I'm really sorry. Like, but we can't talk about that because it it can come off so like cold and mean, even though it's not intentionally. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people don't understand it. No, they don't. And we also don't want to have to put the guests in that position mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. if you have 10 people lined up and every single person asks a question about something that they can't talk about, does it really make for a very compelling panel? Um, and it's probably going to frustrate the guests as well so it's in their best interest that we tell people what to do ahead of time before that even kind of happens so i don't know so we'll we'll see how how it works out as of right now the strike is still ongoing uh so once we get to labor day weekend we'll see if that changes anything as far as i know it's not necessarily changing appearances it's just going to change what they might be able to talk about yeah um yeah i i was i was interested i i was like man if if the Dragon Con, like the celebrity appearance, not that I don't enjoy them, but I know that drives a lot of traffic, which is good for the con, horrible for my anxiety. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I generally tend to avoid it, um, even though I've, I've loved going every time I've gone, but like I, it's been, it, it takes me like literally a year or more to recover <laughs> mentally from that. And I'm just like, I don't know if I can do it again. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was like, man, if they start talking about attendances down or something, I might, I might be doing Dragon Con this year. Um, I might go just for a day to the dealer room because I do love going to, uh, you know, shop for comic book deals. So if you are, if you are going to go for a day, <clears throat> the, the one day passes go on sale on August 1st. If you are planning to come or even remotely thinking about coming, I would highly recommend buying a pass sooner rather than later. They yeah. will sell out. Yeah. They I'm, have caps on everything. I'm so glad they started doing that. I know. So you went in 20, you went in 2019, right? Mm, Is it 2019? Yeah, we did 20, 2020 was virtual. So yeah, 20, that's when you and I did the panel together. Yeah, twenty yeah, twenty twenty was virtual when we did we did I mean we did a Mr. Robot panel, but it was virtual. And then yeah, right. when we did the in person panel, it w- should have been nineteen. Yeah, and uh, it was that was that was the busiest Dragon Con on record. They have not yet. I think it was at ninety almost ninety thousand people. 
they have not yet um, let their caps go up that high. Last year, I think it was capped at 50,000, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but that that's almost less than half the people that were there in 2019. Yeah. And I, I remember going to the dealer room and not being able to move. Which is pretty standard, sadly, for, yeah, if you hit the dealer hall in, like, a peak time. Pretty much any time on Saturday and Sunday, if you try to go into the dealer hall, it's yeah. it's wild. Uh, Monday, no one's there because the con turns into kind of a ghost town on Monday, but that's when you get the best deals because all the vendors are looking to get rid of their stock. So, But I don't know if you can buy a one-day pass for Monday. I don't know how that works. Um, so I have something to look into. Um, so yeah, uh, I might be there. I might not. <laughs> I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah, um, we'll talk so, about it. If you're there, let me know. I'll be, I'll be around. <laughs> uh, so yeah, go check out all those things. We'll be back soon talking about the next episode. Uh, until then, thanks for coming to our TED talk. Mm-hmm.